Well, praise God. We've been, uh, well, I've been ministering on grace. Amen. And I'm telling you, it's a big topic and we're trying to tackle it. But, you know, God's grace is awesome. You could say it's amazing grace. Amen. And I'm telling you, uh, grace, I mentioned last week, somebody said it this way. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Amen. In other words, it's all the blessings of God through the punishment that Jesus received on the cross for us. Amen. In other words, God's grace eliminates the punishment of sin for us. Amen. It gives us the blessings of heaven. Amen. And we discovered some things about God's grace. And if you want to turn to the scripture in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 through 10, and you can look at that, and grace, it, you know, it's, it's by grace that we're saved through faith, not of ourselves, amen? amen. It's a gift of God, and uh, so we, we found out that, that God's grace uh, empowers us to get saved, amen? amen. And it's, it's saving grace, and we're, we're on this, this is part three that we're talking about, but saving grace, grace is a gift, amen? You can't earn grace. It's a gift. It's a free gift, but it did cost something. It cost Jesus his life. And so we have a free gift, and it's for whosoever. We discovered that it's for whosoever that's willing to receive Christ, amen? We, we discovered that, that you, have to, you have to receive this gift. Even though the gift is here, and, and positionally, all mankind has, uh, all the mankind's sins have already been paid for. But you know, not, not all men are going to go to heaven. Amen. Not all women are going to go to heaven. And the reason why is they have to receive the gift. And we have to receive the gift of salvation. How do you do that, Pastor? Romans 10, 9 and 10. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross. With a heart, confession is made unto salvation. Amen. We have to believe something. Look at your neighbor and say, believe the Lord. Amen. So we have to believe something. That's where faith comes in. You're here this morning and you're here. I believe some of you might be here just exploring, just, just checking out the waters. Amen. Just, but some of you here, you've been coming out here. You're here to build your faith up. Amen. And I'm going to say this, the devil's after our faith. He wants, to, he wants to pull our faith out of us. And your faith in Jesus Christ is the most important thing you possess. Amen? And so it's a constant fight. You know, the enemy's constantly trying to pull out our faith. And in other words, the enemy wants us to trust in ourselves, but we need to trust in God. You see, if we're going through a lot of situations, you know, some of us might be going through some storms. Some of us might be going through some situations. And, and what the enemy wants to do is he wants us to focus on the storm. But God wants us focusing on him. The enemy wants, to focus, wants us to focus, or sometimes in our own intellect, we focus on how can we get out of it. But no, we just need to pray to a God that will help us get out of it. God can help you get out of debt. God, God can help you get fit. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, I didn't say fat, but I said fit. God can help you get fit. God can help you. Amen. Amen. He can help you. And, and so grace is really accessing God's help for your situation. 
It's not leaning on your own selves. It's leaning on a big God. Remember when David, you know, he heard about Goliath and he thought about and, and he went down to the battlefield. His father sent him uh, to, to bring some cheese and, and wine to the mice. I mean, to the men that were shaking in their boots about, amen, about Goliath. But remember when, when David was fighting Goliath, he's, he, 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 he focused on God. You know, Goliath said, I'm going to feed your body to the birds. And, and David said, no, no, my, my God will deliver you into my, into my hands. Amen. In other words, we need to, you know, again, grace is focusing on God. It's focusing on the bigness of God and not focusing on ourselves. And when we focus and magnify the bigness of God and his promises, then the problems in our lives will grow smaller. Do you believe that today? Amen. Amen. And so we're talking about saving grace. And this morning I want to talk to you about saving grace, uh, redeemed from the curse of the law. Some of you may have heard this before, but, but some of you may not. And it's good just to look at this. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Let's turn there. It's, it actually says this. Galatians 3, uh, chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. It says this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for his written curse is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And you might say, well, what does that mean? Because, it, you know, you, you have to look at this. Uh, breaking God's law brings a curse. I'm going to say that again. When we break God's law, it can bring a curse into our life. And so th this is talking about that when we're under the law and when we put, place ourselves under the law, it places us under the curse. But we're not under the law this morning. If, if Jesus is in your heart, you're not under the law, you're under grace. Isn't that wonderful? So you don't, you're not under the law. In other words, we shouldn't be getting up every morning trying to figure out how not to sin, how not to do something wrong. No, all we need to do is be focusing on how, what to do right. What we need to be focusing on is the promises of focus on walking with God. Amen. Don't focus on what you don't want to do. Focus on what you need to do. Amen. Focus on loving on God. Focus on that. And the enemy wants to get us under the law, but we need to be under grace. Amen. We're not under the law this morning. Thank God for that. Thank God we're not under the law. Thank God that we're under grace. Because, you know, Christians uh, sin as well as sinners sin. You know, Christians can sin. But thank God our sin is not going to, uh, you know, as long as we're walking and, and repenting and allowing 1 John 1, 9 to operate in our life. It says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive you of your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. As long as we continue in that mode, we're going to see grace on our lives. Amen. But thank God that even when we miss it, the blood works for us. But for the unbeliever, for the one that hadn't received Christ... He can walk in sin, and once he walks in sin, he's going to have to pay for his sin. Because, because Jesus paid for us, our trust and hope is in Jesus, but he's going to have to pay for his sin on Judgment Day. So, so the first key to being redeemed from the curse of law, we're redeemed from spiritual and eternal death. 
A lot of people don't like to talk about death, except during Halloween. Amen? It's amazing how, how the world likes to glamorize death. Have you ever noticed that? The world focuses, and you know, people love watching these scary movies. I used to, I, before I got saved, I used to love Creature Feature. Dr. Mad Blood. I mean, anybody remember any of these? Dr. Mad Blood. Anybody, anybody remember that? No, some, some do. Some older people. <laughs> there was a guy that would come on with a wig, you know, on TV, and he would show these old, you know, Frankenstein and the vampire movies and all that. And so, and it's, it's funny how the world glorifies death. The world glorifies death. But the Bible says, and God actually says in his word, that death is an enemy. It's an enemy to mankind. That's why nobody wants to think about death. I mean, you ever, you, do, you, do you talk about death, you know, I mean, in your natural conversations, you don't normally talk about, hey, hey, have you ever thought about what your coffin's going to look like? You don't, you know, have you thought about where you're going to be buried, you know? Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? People just don't talk about that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it, the, our, our, our own humanity recoils the idea of death. In other words, most people, especially young people, think they're going to live forever. You know, they're thinking, oh, nothing bothers me. I can do anything. I can, you know, most people think that they can do anything. You know, they can, they, oh, man, I can handle any drug until they overdose and die, you know. I can handle it, uh, the alcohol until they get in a car wreck. Or you hear what I say to you? And, they, and most people think, until you get a little older, you realize, uh, you know, I better watch my step. <laughs> I mean, early in your life, you used to do some dumb things, right? Because you think you can live forever. But you know, the Bible said that this life is but a vapor. Amen. We're here today and gone tomorrow. And this life is short. Amen. But eternity is for a long time. And we need to have an eternal perspective on life. And when we have an eternal perspective, we're going to walk right with God. Amen. Amen. And so we're talking today... Uh, my first, we're talking a little bit about death today. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad none of you guys came in with a skeleton costume on. But anyway, uh, we're talking about death. And death, you know, it came into the, into the system. God never intended for man to die. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them and he, he breathed into them his life. Amen. And he never intended for man to die. That's why we don't even like the idea of it because it's not, you know, eternity is set in the heart of all mankind. And so we don't even like the idea of dying. We don't even like the idea of growing old. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We don't like that idea. That's why we're trying to do everything we can to turn back the clock of time. Turn back time, you know. And we've got to turn back time, amen. And so here... You gotta work with me. Work with me, amen. So, so we're talking about death here, amen. And in uh, Genesis uh, chapter two, in verses fifteen and seventeen, it says this: And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Which means that uh, Adam was supposed to uh, cultivate and protect the garden. And I'm going to say this to you today, that we need to cultivate and protect the garden of our hearts. 
And, and we need to cultivate, and that means that to cultivate, that means to seed it. We need to put the word, God's seed of God's word, into our hearts. Amen? And what's miraculous about this is that if we, how do you do that, Pastor, you may ask? You do that by getting in and studying the word of God. You get in by meditating on the word of God. And, you, and, and that word will change and transform us into what God wants us to be. That's why Sunday morning is just, it's good for you to come out Sundays, but you need more of God than just maybe an hour on Sunday mornings. Amen. You need God every day. You need to be putting God into your equation every day. Amen? You need to get God in your situation. Get the worship going. You know, when you worship God, as I was singing and praising the Lord this morning, uh, you know, I noticed that I was getting choked up about the words that I was saying because I was actually, I was confessing my faith in worship. And the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so as you worship God, as you confess these, uh, these the worship songs, I was getting choked up because the reality of these worship songs are getting on the inside of my heart. And so some of you just need to worship a little bit more. Some of you just might, you know, you're dealing with some troubles. You're dealing with some situations. You know, you, 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 you're going through a test. Amen. Well, turn that test into a testimony. Don't be focused on all the monies. Be, be focused on, on the goodness and the blessings and the grace of God. And so here, you know, he, he, he created mankind in the Garden of Eden, which is awesome, and that's grace. He, he, he actually created this world for mankind. He actually made Adam and Eve the God of this world. Amen? And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden that thou may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest thou shalt surely die. So we see here, that God only had one rule in the garden. And that was to stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was the only rule that he had for mankind. Was to stay away from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was the only rule. I mean, they could eat of every other tree. But that one tree, how come it's that one thing that we can't have is what we want? It's called flesh. Your flesh always wants what it doesn't really need. You know, you want that extra piece of chocolate cake. You know, you want, you know, you shouldn't go further on that. You know, you want, you know, anybody ever overeat in here? No, we won't. It's the flesh. The flesh always wants more. It's, it, it, it lusts. It, 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 you know, you got to control this flesh. You got to crucify this thing. Amen. Your body's not saved. And I'm going to say this, your mind is not saved. But when you get God in your equation, your spirit is saved. And your spirit is a brand new spirit. Amen. But we got to do something with our bodies and we got to do something with our minds. We got to, we got to, um, as it says in Romans 12, we got to, you know, present our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. And then we have to, what? We have to renew our minds with the word of God, transform our minds. Amen. And so here we see death was introduced in, into the equation of mankind in Genesis 3, verse 6. It says here, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, 
that it was pleasant to the eyes, and, uh, to the eyes, and the tree desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. That was it. And so when they ate, the Bible says their eyes were open, and they saw that they were naked, right? And then they, the first thing they did, they went and, and, and took fig leaves and sewed it on themselves. That, that is a form of religion. In other words, that's a form of us trying to cover up, amen, ourselves from being naked. And man is, trying to use, is using religion every day to try to figure out a way to cover their sins to be okay with him. But only the blood of Jesus can cover your sins. It's only the sacrifice of Jesus that can not only, not only cover your sins, but wash your sins away. Thank God my faith isn't in my works. Thank God my faith isn't in my, my religion. Thank God my faith is in Jesus Christ. Some people say when I ask them, are you a Christian? Oh, I'm a, I, I'm a Catholic. Okay, I didn't ask that question. Are you a Christian? Well, I got faith in, my, in the church. Do you have faith in Jesus? <laughs> That's the question. Well, I'm Baptist. Well, I didn't ask you that. Are you a Christian? Well, I have faith in my pastor that says, you know, that teaches that, you know, that, you know, some may teach. I'm not saying Baptists do, but some may teach that there's no hell. And if you just, if you just focus on what people teach instead of looking at what the word of God says, you can be deceived. Amen. And you've got to get the Bible. You've got to buy one. You know, it's, it's, it's the best-selling book of all time, the Bible. Still the greatest. You don't think God would make a book that wasn't a bestseller, do you? God made the best. It's still outselling any book ever, ever written, the Bible. Did you know that? The number one. Nobody wants to say that. Nobody wants. But there's more Bibles being purchased and given. And I'm telling you, it's awesome. So, so if you don't have one, get one. Or download one on your, on your device. Praise God. So here we see that Adam and Eve sinned. And what happened that day they sinned, they died spiritually. They died spiritually. And then even God said that, you know, dust you're made and, and you will turn back to dust. In other words, your bodies are going to die. So, so we're going we're gonna to die. You know, we, we may die physically. Now, Jesus could come back and we may, we may not die physically if Jesus comes back to pick us up. Amen? I'm hoping that that will happen in my lifetime. I'm hoping that I'm not going to have to, you know, just, you know, well, it would be nice. I'll fall, I'll fall asleep in my bed and go, go to heaven. Amen? You know, you don't have to die of a disease. Amen? Amen. You don't have to die of a disease. You can just, just say, you know, I, I've heard testimonies of saints that said, you know, I'm going home to, to see Jesus today. They weren't sick. They were like in their 80s or whatever. And man, I'm ready to go. And they were ready to go. And they just went off. Isn't that awesome? But you don't have to die of disease. Amen. Somebody said, how are you going to die? Just fall asleep in him. Amen. Amen. Th that's just a side note. I'm not going to charge you for that. And so let's get back to this. We're talking about death right now. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're talking about death. And we see here that death came into mankind. That's why, you know, Jesus, you know, you know Adam it was called a living soul, but Jesus is called a living spirit. And since Jesus was a living spirit, he enables him to make us living spirits as we believe in him. 
when you believe in him, you go from death to life. You go from darkness to light. Amen. When you believe in him, the light is turned on. Amen. When you believe in him, you get a new heart. But again, you got to do something with his body and you got to do something with his mind. You got you to gotta discipline the body. Did you say discipline, Pastor? I said discipline. And you got to renew this mind. I like what the psalmist said. Thy word I've hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. You put enough of God's word in your heart, you won't even want to go the wrong way. The reason why some of us are going the wrong way at times is because we don't have enough word in our heart. Or we have a lot of head word, but it hasn't sunk down into our heart yet. And that's where amazing grace comes in. Amazing grace uh, is God's word that, that has the ability to transform us into the likeness of Jesus. That's the awesomeness about God's word. God's word is living. It's active. It's more powerful, amen, than a two-edged sword. And so it, it, it's powerful. We have to understand how we're made up. We're, you know, God uh, is, is, is the triune God. And God is the Father, He's the Son, and He's the Holy Spirit. He's three in one. And it's a mystery. It kind of makes us rattle. What does that mean? He's one God, but in three persons. Yes, he's one God in three persons. And similarly, we're similar to that maker. We're made in God's image. We're a, we are a spirit. You have to understand, you are a spirit. You live in a body. And you possess a soul and an intellect. Amen? And your soul and your spirit are connected. And... And so, we, we, you know, when you die, some people believe, well, when you die, you just, it's, like, it's like you're sleeping. You don't know that you're dead. That's what some people that don't want to believe the Bible, they, they want to make you think, well, once you're dead, it's like turning off a light switch. You just turn off and you just don't exist anymore. But the Bible says something different about that. And the Bible talks about that, that, um, that we, we need to uh, look at the, let's look at this. Let's look at something here. Let's look at, um, this is in Luke 16, 19 through 31. This is Jesus, and some scholars call this a parable. But, um, I, you know, which is sort of a parable is like an allegory. It's kind of like a story, but not real. But I believe that this is not just a parable. I believe this is a true account. And the reason why I say that, because Jesus actually, in parables, Jesus never mentions people's names. Amen. If you ever study out his parables, you never hear him mention a, a specific name of a person. But here he's actually mentioning names. So if it was like, well, you know, so it has to be a true account. Because he's saying a, a person's name and, and saying what this person is saying. So he's like quoting what this person is saying. So, so it, has to, it can't be just a parable, just a, an allegory, just a story. This is, has to be something real. And, and here, it says here in Luke 16, 19 through 31, it's, this is Jesus speaking. He says, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Now, let me just stop here and say this, that Jesus was preaching to a lot of people in his day. He was preaching to the Pharisees. A lot, of, a lot of the Pharisees, most of the Pharisees, they were doing really well. And the idea in that day was 
that if you were wealthy, if you had money, uh, that showed a sign of God's blessing. And it's, there's truth to that. Because if you study out the Old Testament, you'll see that the patriarchs were blessed financially. And so they took this as an idea of God's approval on their life if they were financially well off. So that, so that made it look like, and even, even some of Jesus' disciples you know, they thought about if you were financially blessed, you must be blessed by God. But that's not always the case. Do you know there's a lot of crooked people that can make money? But that doesn't mean that they have eternal life. Amen. God will add wealth to us, the Bible says, but add no sorrow with it. There's people out there that have money. Remember I talked to you last week about Jim Carrey. The man is wealthy, right? The guy is wealthy, and he was being interviewed. Remember, I told, said he was being interviewed, and they asked about his religion. And remember, he, uh, I mentioned to you that he said that he believes a little bit about Buddha, a little bit about Jesus. In other words, he, kind of, he makes up his own God. You know, a lot of people do that. In other words, he, he, he's an equal you know, worshiper in, in all religions, right? And, uh, but he said that his life, he, he said in an interview, it was, it was, it, it, it was, he said it's a, that he is living his life, but it's a quiet, that, that there's a quiet desperation. He's actually said this, a quiet desperation in his life. There's something in his life that's not right. He knows it, and he calls it a quiet desperation. The world is walking in a quiet desperation. They're desperate. They're looking for life. They're, they're looking, they're trying to get it in all, in, in, in drugs and in, in sex and in, 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 in all these things exterior things they're trying to get in that but you can't get life in, in all these natural things the only way you're going to get life is in Jesus Christ Amen. but we're trying to get sometimes even as believers when our walk is not just right sometimes the enemy will try to get us going in these areas to try to fill us us up and you can never get filled up with the world Amen. in other words you can't get enough of the world the, 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 you can't get enough of it and you want more and more and more of the world and the world can't fill you up. Only God can fill you up. Only God can give you the living water that, that you will thirst no more. Only God. So if you're, search, if you're in search of the perfect high, there's no high like the most high. You got to get to the most high. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you this morning? And so here is the rich man was clothed in purple and fine linen and fair sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So this guy was in bad shape. And this idea that people that are poor, you know, they thought that people that were poor were cursed. And so, you know, that's not really the idea. Just because somebody is, is in poverty doesn't mean they're cursed. Just because you're dealing in some lack today doesn't mean that you're cursed. Amen? Amen? The blessing just has to catch up with your faith. I'm going to say that again. You can tweet it. The blessing has to catch up with your faith. You're blessed. But pastor, I feel cursed. You're blessed. But pastor, it doesn't matter how you feel, but pastor, look what it looks like. Hey, man, you stay in the word of God and it's going to change. Amen. Can I say something? Your situation is subject to change. 
Your relatives are subject to change. They're unsafe. Your relatives are subject to change. You and your household can be saved. Do you believe that? You and your household. Tune in next week for the completion of this broadcast. Join us every Sunday morning at Regal Stadium 12 Movie Theater located on 104 Constitution Drive, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10 o'clock a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.